The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A 3.40 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. It's Andrew and Jay Lynn. Yes, it is. I, I'm sort of drawn between these two. Probably should do this one, I think. Uh, it's this uh, report that's come out about student violence against Edmonton teachers in the 2016-17 school year. Uh, it's quite something. Yeah. I don't know what that meant, so. It's all good. All right. 311 reported incidents of student violence against Edmonton teachers. 311. One of the more interesting aspects of it, I mean, some of the details, there was 91 incidents. So in, Julia Wong did this story over yeah, Global News. That's yeah. right. So they looked at both the public and Catholic, and just based on the number of students in each school, the percentage was roughly the same. So there was no real difference between those two things. Those weren't factors. But what's interesting about the study is that uh, the majority of these are at elementary schools, mm. which is bizarre. And, they, you know, it's because they're little kids. That's the reason, if I have to explain. But there was everything from biting to kicking to gouging with fingernails to... There was just a whole lot. 91 incidents in both schools uh, of biting or spitting on a teacher. 67 situations where a teacher got hit or punched. And 50 cases where students kicked a teacher. It's quite something. I, did you know this was going on? Mary, does this come as news to you? Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm married to a teacher. Right. It came <laughs> as a surprise to me. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I, I see the things that my my husband puts up with and deal... No, let me change that puts up with me. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's the wrong t- term. Yeah. That my, that my husband deals with, um, you know, fairly regularly. And... Um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. It just doesn't surprise me. Now, I can say that uh, he hasn't been hit. I'd like to see somebody try that, mm, yeah. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. But all the other stuff that um, that goes on every single day is actually quite staggering. So, wow, really? Mm-hmm. Well, an interesting study at the very least. To uh, just a bit of an eye opener about what teachers are uh, putting up with. Here was the other one that I was looking at because mm. I just thought it was really funny. I actually showed it to you, I think, on Friday. I turned my phone around and said, hey, look at this. And it had since gone viral. Not, I had nothing to do with that. But it's a report out of North Carolina. Um, it's the Weather Channel. And it's a weather a meteorologist on the ground in North Carolina. And, of course, that's the area where uh, Florence was uh, wreaking havoc and still is. Uh, but at that time it was still considered to be uh, beyond, bigger than a tropical storm. So it was, the winds was the story, basically. And as I say, it's gone viral now, but the Weather Network, or Weather Channel, I should say, is defending their reporter slash meteorologist. And what the video shows is a guy in a rain jacket holding a microphone, and you know the what this... The meteorologist. Yeah, you know what yeah. this looks like. You've seen this kind of report yeah, on yeah. television before. He's sort of leaning in one direction he's stumbling a little bit uh you know because the wind is knocking him around and he's saying that the worst of the winds have just hit and while he's doing that two individuals walk by in the background wearing shorts and uh, are completely unaffected by the wind so it was just it's unfortunate it's wrong um, well, they're saying it's that... It's unfortunate for him. Well, here's their that excuse. They were, he was tired and he was on slippery gl- grass and, you know, just... Well, they're defending tough. their guy. Yeah, It's important to note, says uh, the Weather Channel, 
that uh, that the two individuals in the background are walking on concrete, and our reporter is trying to maintain his footing on wet grass. Uh, and he'd been reporting on air uh, mm. until 1 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. This was uh, the next day, and he was undoubtedly exhausted. Mm. Um, he should have got on the concrete. He's way overselling it. <laughs> let's, should, let's be honest. Should have got on the concrete, yeah, buddy. He, there would be no difference than, than him, you know, climbing on a teeter totter and saying the earth is moving. Like, <laughs> no, no, you're actually on a teeter totter. <laughs> and here's the problem I have with it. And I can't believe I'm the guy saying, here's the problem I have with it. There is such skepticism exactly. about fake news that everyone who is in it the perpetuates business... perpetuates the belief. Exactly. Everyone who's in the business has, a, has always had a heightened responsibility to report actual and accurate news. And that this kind of story will draw more attention to that. And I know it's sort of theatrical in a way you know it's kind of like we want you to sort of get a feel for what it feels like down here so it's a bit of theater of the mind almost you can't do it i don't care if it's the weather you still can't do it if the wind isn't really blowing you around then don't be blowing Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. you know don't be don't stage a protest don't you know what i mean like and, and i get it like you go to a protest and there isn't enough people there um and you take a a close shot so it looks like it's fuller no 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 you can't you can't orchestrate the news. You just report the news, right? But And I can see this guy. He's sent down there. It's a pretty good assignment for a weather meteorologist to be in the eye of a storm. And I and he wants to... No, present. let me tell you it's something. You don't do it. I know. You don't do it. I know. You don't do it. If you're there and the wind is battering you and then it happens that way, that's fine. But otherwise, you don't right, because do it. What the story, Plain and simple. Right. What the story really becomes is it's not as bad as we thought. And the story becomes about him. And and instead, the story is about him. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay, it's 3.50 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Uh, 25, 35 minutes until the word of the day. Your chance to win your way into that trip to Montego Bay that we're heading out to on uh, January 19th. It's going to be eight days. going to be tons of fun. Um, driving lessons. Maybe you've tried to teach your kid... Uh, how to drive. Maybe um, as an adult, you've tried to teach another adult how to drive, and sometimes they can go very, very poorly. Um, I failed my first uh, driving exam. It took me uh, another run and, and passed it at that time. I didn't get my license till I was 21, 22 years of age, so I was a little bit older in the Young Drivers of Canada class. Mm. But apparently... Um, in uh, Maryland, there was a man and a woman in their 50s and 60s. One of them was teaching the other one how to drive, apparently. We don't know who. Yeah, but the reason we don't know who is because when emergency uh, crews arrived, and it's never good when a driving lesson ends with the arrival of emergency crews, they were both standing outside <laughs> of the car. Uh, that's why it's not clear who was driving, because the car was at the <laughs> bottom of the North Creek Community Center pool. <laughs> which was closed for the season. Uh, Thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) The further details not released yet, but it it did remind me of uh, my neighbor in Charlottetown at about that age. Uh, Do you know, you know, young neighborhoods and everybody's going to school at about the same time. So Uh you all reach these milestones Uh together, right? So there came a time when we were all turning 16 in the neighborhood. And so throughout (laughs) up and down my street, there was cars moving at, you know, 10 kilometers an hour. Slowly backing out of the driveway. Right. And my, uh, my neighbor, Tommy, who 
by the way, is now uh, quite a respected uh, psychologist in uh, Prince Edward Island. In fact, uh, he was quoted in a story we did one time, and I had to do a double take when I saw his name. But but when Tommy, and I won't say his last name, um, got behind the wheel of the car for the first time, our neighbor had a carport. So there was, mm. uh, you know, just, uh, it wasn't a garage, but at the end of where you would put the car, there was a big sort of storage area that went, that helped hold up the carport and attached to the house. And he got in and we were sitting out on the front lawn and I watched Tommy's dad, who, by the way, also a psychologist, describe for him in great detail what was going to happen. But my guess would be that's still the first time he was behind a wheel. So there was no, you know, no sit down classroom time, just like, all right, so adjust your seat and look in the mirror. And can you see that? Look in your, he did all of that for a good half hour. And then Tommy put it through the storage shed, just hit the gas, took it out, carport fell, <laughs> and he, it's still funny to this day to think about it. He he just burned uh, two tracks across their back lawn and then came to arrest at their fence, which was then on a 45 degree angle. It was magic to watch. So I can see how it happens. And again, it's an advertisement perhaps to hire professionals. Yeah. This wasn't, um, <laughs> this happened years later. Yeah. In Twilliger Town, I was living in Twilliger Town, oh. my little my little garage, my little one and a half car garage. You know mm-hmm. how they have yeah. them over there. And I was working very early in the morning, so I had to leave and, and get out of the house like three three thirty in the morning. And I uh, went in, got into my vehicle, <laughs> and I had don't text me. I had uh, gone out a little bit earlier to warm up the vehicle because there's no heat in the garage, and mm. opened up the um, the door about halfway through, halfway up. Got in the vehicle and thought, oh, yeah, no, I opened the door. Mm-mm, reverse. <laughs> no way. Right now, again, this is 3.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. This is 3.30 in the morning, and um, well, I it's have... It's open now. Yeah, it was open <laughs> now, and somehow I managed to push it up. I, like, it was all off the tracks and stuff, but I managed to push it up and out of the way so at least I could get to work. <laughs> I could get to work. Yeah. But then all of a sudden... You have to find someone to come and fix your your garage door. Mm. And when the garage door guy came over... There's some shame involved in this. Well, I'm there was sure. shame. And he's like, well, it got worse. Probably more shame for my ex-husband, though. There, How did it happen? You tell him what happened. Mm. It was very early, though. I was very tired. That's okay, 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 ma'am. And then said, uh, where are the, um, the pulleys? Where's the strings for the... The pulleys, you know the the wire, how it goes up yeah. on either side. There's pulleys, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know anything about putting together a garage door. He says there are no pulleys on here, and I said, what do you mean? He says the only thing pulling up that door was that main chain oh. that goes right up across the top. So my ex-husband had built that garage. Oh, so it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> it took a he, while to get there. He but. apparently couldn't figure out how to get the pulley on, so up just, on either side, so uh, he just left it, just leaving the chain. So it probably closed itself. Well, let's put it this way. Um, a short time later, mm. it did come down... Um, By itself? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's enough evidence. It's circumstantial, but I'm willing to convict him, especially <laughs> since he's your ex. <laughs> I just threw another husband under the bus. <laughs> but that's probably yep. true. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> you know, another price tag. I, yeah. You ever, you ever have a, a moment in your life um, that you think, boy, that'd make a great scene in a movie? Mm. 
right? That's a good scene. I like that scene. I, I can. You're backing out of your vehicle out of the garage, and then your garage door just comes crashing to the yeah, ground. Yeah, taking the door out with it. Uh, my dad one time drove home, and he never drove, mm. ever. He had a driver's license, taught me how to drive, but was not a great driver, didn't like driving. So my mom always drove him around. And she enjoyed doing it because she would wait outside for him some days at meetings and that kind of thing, and then drive him to the next one or whatever. So she enjoyed being his chauffeur. But she was in England visiting relatives. Her mom was sick. And so he was driving himself to work every day. And one day, my brother Doug and I were just standing in the living room, and the wall on one side is the living room. On the other side is the garage. Mm-hmm. So um, my dad just pulls his big Buick into the garage, and I, get, I don't know if he was distracted, tired, or just misjudged the distance, but he hit the wall, of the, the living room. So he just drove straight into the wall. But it didn't, like, you know, crash through the wall. It just hit it hard enough that my mother's Royal Dalton collection, which Mm. was on the other side Mm. of the wall, flew off the shelves. But the reason I remember it, and I say it would make a great scene, is Doug and I were literally, we didn't even know Dad was coming home. We didn't hear the garage door open or anything. We didn't hear the car. We were just standing in the living room talking, and suddenly there was this bang, and three Royal Daltons flew. And Doug caught two, and I caught one. We just (laughs) caught them. And then just put them back on the shelf again. It wasn't me. I didn't touch them. Yeah, we were just like, oh my God. We were just lived in such fear of damaging anything. Can you imagine your dad walking in and saying, what happened to the Royal Daltons? I I totally can imagine it. It would be our You hit the wall. No. I certainly did not. No, I can totally see that. We literally just caught them, put them back on the shelf. And my dad walked in. Hi, guys. And walked right by. The 4 o'clock news coming up on the other side. We'll take a look at your market numbers. And Morley Scott checks in with sports. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.